Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, and we are back with another great episode. And today... We have Andrea Michaels, the president of Extraordinary Events, and she is an extraordinary woman. All you need to do is Google Andrea Michaels, and you'll find out that she has one of the top production and, I would call, event companies, special event companies in the world. She is recognized as an icon in this industry, and I go to probably, oh, I'm going to say 50 to 60 events at this point in my career. I used to do many more than that, and I've seen good events, and I've seen bad events, and when you have an event produced by Extraordinary Events, it is definitely extraordinary. Uh, she really is an icon. She's won awards. As a matter of fact, uh, she has uh, she was the, the pillar of the industry, uh, is how they refer to her. It's a one-time only achievement award, uh, and she's just done amazing things. So we're going to talk about a little bit about her company, a little bit about her success, and she's also written a great book, a uh, few years old, but I encourage all to go out and get it. It's called Reflections of a Successful Wallflower, and it's her challenges, how she overcame both personal and business professional-related challenges. So, Andrea, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Looking forward to this. Well, we have a lot to talk about, so let's jump right into it. Let's get a quick little background on yourself in like uh, 60 seconds or less. That's a little bit more than they give you on Twitter, but a little bit less than the extensive background that I have on here. It's like the cliff notes. All right. Well, I entered into this industry after attempting a career as a criminal psychologist, which is what my degree is in and decided that I wasn't really getting too far in that field. It was too depressing, so I took a part-time job with an entertainment agency while I was bringing up my young son and was a single mother. And everybody I encountered was happy, planning wonderful things, and it occurred to me there was no industry. There was just a couple musicians, a few centerpieces, and maybe you throw a light on a podium on the stage. And I thought... There's a lot more to this business than that. So go back into the late 80s when no event industry really existed, and I thought, aha, opportunity. Wow. So there you go. And you got into this business. You saw a need, and you jumped into it. And uh, how come you've never booked me for any of your programs? I'm just because kidding. I need, I'm just... I need to have something to look forward to. <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm just kidding, by the way. You know that. You know that. So, wow. No, I don't believe that for a second. But let's call that something I want to do in the future. All right. I think it should be on next year's New Year's resolutions. So Got I just it. need to know. Criminal psychologist. I mean, today that's a hot topic. You know, CSI and all those great crime shows. You're probably thinking, yeah. darn, where were they back when I got into this business? Well, they weren't. I mean, it was Dragnet, right? Oh, I love Dragnet. Uh, Jack Webb. It's just the facts. Absolutely. Yeah, you're showing your age and mine as well. Um, You know, it's sort of the criminal psychology part of it, I have to tell you, really teaches you how to deal with every type of person that there is and how to talk to people 
because you were talking to people who are criminals. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you and know, what do, if you what, can do that. Yeah, you can talk to anybody. So what do criminals and people in the meetings industry have in common? Now, that's a loaded uh, question, they, it's, it, and it's actually no. I'm being facetious a bit. But, no, I do. There's but probably it, some pretty fast-talking people in the entertainment industry that probably uh, this background of yours really helps. Well, and you take a look at it. Take a look at a criminal. They're never wrong, right? They've, everything is right. The world is against them, but absolutely they are total innocence. Well, if you compare that to a client who is always the one who is correct no matter what, you kind of are dealing with the exact same thing. So whether you're dealing with a vendor, you're dealing with a client, I think it's looking at the other perspective and trying to figure out how to move the conversation forward in such a way that your end goal is being realized. And with criminals, it's challenging. But once you can overcome that, what the heck? Right. And, and I'm going to – a little bit of a pun here, and, and then we'll move off of this. It would be criminal not to treat that <laughs> client – like they are special and important, regardless of whether they're wrong. And I have a philosophy in business. Uh, you know, I'm a customer service expert. That's primarily what I speak and write about. Obviously, do some uh, you know general business things like this radio show. But uh, the customer is not always right. However, they're always the customer. So you let them be wrong with dignity and respect. And anything less than that would be criminal. How's that for tying it in? I think that is absolutely brilliant, and beyond that, absolutely right. Well, thank you. That's exactly what I was hoping you would say. So lessons in business, lessons in life, um, that's that's a little bit about what the book is on and, and some of the really the big challenges you've overcome. Let's talk about that. If you can elaborate on that, that would be awesome. Well, I think a challenge is a challenge. Whether you're dealing with a family member or a client, it's all about relationships. So it comes right down to how you deal with relationships. And you take a good, honest look at what you want to accomplish, evaluate the best way to reach the outcome you desire, because there's always going to be conflict in any relationship, and it's how you address it that matters. So in this book, we've talked about some of the challenges I've faced in life, you know, divorce, being a single mother, and in business with employees who we don't always see eye-to-eye with, with customers that we don't always see eye-to-eye with, and then, of course, challenges such as hurricanes, which drop down in the middle of an event, or uh, a headliner who didn't catch the plane and doesn't show up when expected to. So how do you deal with these things? And I think it's interesting, Shep, that you speak to customer service, because in its own way, Customer service is the exact same thing as meeting a challenge. There is a problem. How do you solve it? How do you service it? And how do you come away with a great outcome? And to me, there's a couple things. One, you don't stress out because it helps nothing. So very often when I interview people, I will ask them, how do you deal with a situation like this? If they respond, oh, I would panic, they're out the door. Mm, right. People need to stay calm. They need to stay reasonable. And literally, we have had hurricanes, we have had floods, and even recently we had a volcano. 
that disrupted a six-week program for an automotive company where all flights were canceled. Remember that one? I, I think was it the ash in the air, all the folks coming over yeah, from Europe. And... Yeah, we had a, we had a program going on in China, one in Miami. The people from Miami couldn't get to China. The people from Germany couldn't get to Miami, and nobody could leave anywhere they were because planes weren't flying. So everything about it was a challenge. I can imagine. Uh, things like that you can't account for in advance. So you have to know how to handle it when it happens, and that's by being calm and being prepared. So how do you handle the headliner? And without you, if you want to share a name, you can, but just give us an example. Uh, what To what level was it when the headliner doesn't show? I mean, did you have a... You know, a very, very famous person doing the after-dinner uh, event, and they just didn't show up. What do you do in that situation, and how did well, you handle it, it? Well, the first thing is I have the home numbers of all the agents, and that just comes from the fact that when you have a good reputation and a good relationship, you will know the managers, you will know the agents. And in this case, a flight was canceled. The headliner couldn't get on it, couldn't get to the venue in time. It wasn't like someone did it deliberately. And by working and calling at home on a Saturday, the agent and the manager, we found someone else who was in the area and could make it on time. They probably didn't have as put together of a show, but it went over well. The other thing that I think I impress on everyone that I work with is be honest with your client. When the situation happens, you state the problem and immediately offer what your solution to it will be because that's why in all the contracts you have act of god and if an airline simply doesn't fly and you can't get another flight or someone gets snowed in you have no other solution other than to look to go in a different direction so as it turned out and no i cannot mention names and, and i don't want you to out, either it worked out well, and since the act was a surprise to the audience, they really did not know who to expect anyway. Oh, that's good. That's good. That always helps. I know that in 33 years of this, and I'm knocking on wood, which means I'm knocking on my head, I have only missed <laughs> one event uh, that I was booked for. Both airports were completely snowed in. I was sitting on the runway in Chicago trying to get to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh shut down first, and then as we were waiting to see if they would ever open – then uh, the Chicago airport shut down, and I didn't know what I could do. I mean, I was thinking, well, maybe I can get a private plane, but where would they take off from and where would they land? If the airports really are shut down, planes aren't flying, and uh, end of story. I learned, I don't know what, you know, at this point, you know, you're right, you know, I call the client right away, and, hey, I can get somebody else for you. Even though they wanted Shep, they didn't get Shep, they got someone else, but, hey, it, it happens. Um, you know, Something else, and you said I could interrupt you, so I'm I going want to. you to. We did an industry event for top executives in CBS, NBC, all the major TV channels, and one of the headline speakers was a very, very big VIP who was supposed to appear in person, and again, through circumstance, could not. But within a matter of hours, we were able to set up a satellite so that we could broadcast to the audience live they could ask questions was it as good as having them sit within 10 feet of the speaker no but the thing is with technology today you can accommodate almost anything and had the technology been available 
the years ago when this happened with the headliner, perhaps I would have been able to get him, in that case, to record a message saying, I'm snowed in, but I'm sending my friend to entertain you, you know, to do something like that. Because with phones and all that, that can happen so quickly. Right, right. So this is great. Lessons on how to deal uh, with crisis. So we'll be right back. We're going to take a short break. And when we do, uh, I want to come back and I want to go explore the whole concept of managing that crisis a little bit more. We'll talk about how it applies not just in business, but in personal lives as well. I think you, there's probably a lot of parallels there. So don't go away. We're talking with Andrea Michael. This is Amazing Business Radio. Chef Hygen here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.chefondemand.com. Once again, that's chefondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Andrea Michaels. We're talking about, wow, a lot of things today. I mean, she's got an extraordinary story, which is why she calls her company Extraordinary Events. But really, her story is how she got into a, really a career, at least she, she thought she wanted to be a criminal psychologist, and then ends up in the events business, talking with clients and vendors and putting on really some amazing events all over the world, recognized truly as one of the uh, shining stars in the industry. But on top of that, she's a pretty smart lady. She's uh, grown this business. She's overcome some great challenges. And we've been talking primarily about the challenges in business. You know, simply having a major uh, executive or a headliner in entertainment not show up could be uh, a career-ending move for some, but she manages to turn the lemon into lemonade. Uh, and it's probably happened in your personal life as well. And, and we don't need to get too personal, but give us an example. Do you feel that the there's parallels between how you handle that business situation and how do you handle a personal crisis? Well, personal crisis, again, you, you have to take a look. And I mean, I have been divorced and then became a single mother and trying to work full-time. I'm not sure I would call that a crisis, though at the time I thought it Sounds one. like an everyday occurrence today, unfortunately. I know. <laughs> but then entering the events industry, uh, having a child tagging along, especially a young one, was probably not something that people accepted readily, but I didn't accept the fact that they wouldn't accept it. And I know that from the time my son was like eight years old, I introduced him to the meetings and events industry. I let him come with me to activities. He was part of my production team later when he was a teenager. Oh, and I'll never forget this. He even stage managed Shania Twain in her first ever performance. Wow. Didn't know who she was, but was the envy of all of his friends. How cool is that? And and she's still years amazing. later, yeah. yeah, he became my business partner. And I think that part of that is not taking easy way out. You know, whether it's business, whether it's in life, you accept what is 
and you just put one foot in front of the other and you keep moving forward. Well, here's what I think. I think that, the, the lesson yeah. here is that you, you know, you were dealt this hand of cards. You're single, you've got a child, and you are also wanting to run your business. And you could have used your son as the excuse to not do business. But it sounds to me like you're a no-excuses kind of a woman. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty that, much. Yeah, and I think that's a perfect example. You say, okay, I'm not going to let that. You know, um, I've, I've got a great friend of mine, and I understand health can get in the way of everything. And I think if you can remain healthy, uh, nothing else is an excuse not to do what you need to do to move forward. You know, Shep, I'm going to point to a couple examples because what you bring up is interesting in the fact that what do you deem unhealthy? I have friends who have gone through major episodes with cancer and some debilitating treatments and have managed throughout it to take the times that they were feeling well enough to continue to do business. Personally, I've had a similar episode where I was sick for a while, I had cancer, and I chose to work from home during the time I couldn't be in the office and even work in the hospital and deal with clients who never knew what was going on. But I have a business, it supports a lot of people, and I wasn't going to let them down. So, yes, does health get in the way? It can challenge you, but it doesn't have to stop you. Right. I, I still think that you, you, you do get a little bit of a pass if there's serious health issues. But here's the other thing. Your business was your life. It's not like I've got a job that I'm checking in, that I really didn't care where I work as long as I have a decent job. No, this was a career of yours. And, and more than a career, like I said, it was your life. It's your baby. It's your business. And I think that also helps because, number one, it gives you a distraction, if you will. It gives you an outlet, something to enjoy and focus on while you're going through this tough time. And if you can juggle that a little bit or balance it out a little bit, it makes it worthwhile. For those that, you know, will say, and, and, and I'm not going to diminish uh, you know, if somebody has cancer, they have cancer. God forbid, I wouldn't want, wish that on anybody, anybody in my family, and, and I hope it doesn't happen to me. And, and I've thought about it. What would happen if it did? What would happen if I lost a leg? What would happen if, you know, I couldn't speak anymore? Um, and I think about these things, not often, but I do realize, is there a contingency plan? And I've surrounded myself with great people who – one would support me within my business and within my personal life, but I also have role models out there that have had terrible, terrible things happen to them. And I am amazed at how well they persevere and overcome these obstacles that get in their way. And, yeah, health, I, I do give people a pass on health, you know, but like you say, to a degree. Some people can still work, and if they're up for it, great. It's the ones that say uh, – Oh, my biggest client canceled. I guess I may have to consider going out of business. And I say to myself, well, just go out and get another biggest client. It's not, I mean, it's probably not super easy, but it's, that's what your goal should be, right? Quit using that as the excuse. You know, I remember a whole lot of years ago, I had a very dear friend who was very big in the industry when I first started. His name was John Wood, best salesman I think I ever met in my entire life. I had lost a big account many years ago, and I was, oh, poor me. 
And he laughed, and I said, well, what happens to you when you lose a major account that you've invested time and money in? He said, I look at it as an opportunity to go out and get some that are going to be even better because now I'm not wasting my time on someone who probably didn't want me in the first place or they would have hired me. Ooh, very so good. I put it behind me and just keep going. Very, very good. You know, Now, I would imagine you have a number of accounts. Do you ever worry that like, you have these major accounts, um, all the eggs in one basket syndrome? Has that ever occurred no. or happened in your business? No, we've been very diversified. And for instance, during the times of crisis, which I guess you could consider from one of your former questions, when the economy tanked, I just looked and said, okay, there's no business happening here, and every bank teller is now an event planner, so <laughs> what do I do? And that's when I decided I'm going international. I'm going to countries which have real business that don't know what they're doing. Like I went to India, I went to Brazil, I started developing relationships in a burgeoning market. I went to Germany and established relationships with the car companies over there. They were still doing business when we weren't. And I started developing an international presence with Japan, with China. And people over here were not doing that other than a couple companies that were working probably for automotive. But even the tech companies weren't diversifying yet. But I just said, if I can't get business here, then I'm going to go get business somewhere else. But I'm not just not doing business because the economy is bad. You know, and I think the issue is people see what's in front of them and don't see, you know, it's like they see a wall. They don't see what's on the other side of the wall. But you you don't necessarily have to see what's on the other side of the wall to know there's something there that you should probably at least consider. And I think that's what you did. Well, and I think of it, I mean, look at the business I'm in. I am in the event business. Any number of things can go wrong in advance of the event or at the event. It's what do you do when it does. Not that it won't, because something always happens. When you pre-plan, you take a look at every possible thing that could possibly go wrong and what would your solution to it be. When it goes wrong, you're prepared. And I think that has to do with everything. We're facing times where the economy could do strange things again. It will someday. Oh, it already so is. What? <laughs> well, it's like change yes is constant. No. You know, we, we, we well, change is change is constant. But people are doing business now, albeit with less money or less extravagance. I would say than in former days. You adapt. Right, you adapt. So when we come back after another quick break, we're going to talk more about how you adapt. And I've got you, uh, I want to ask you some specific questions about some of these amazing events that you do, you know, some of the more exciting things that you've done, something to celebrate, a great way to end the session and end this program when we come back. So everybody, don't go away. We've got more to come. We've been talking with Andrea Michaels. This is Amazing Business Radio. We'll be right back. Doesn't everyone love Disney? I know I do. And I also love a great book. And Lessons from the Mouse by Dennis Snow is an excellent book. Dennis shares 10 practical principles from Disney and entertains as he educates. So check out Dennis Snow's book on Amazon.com. Once again, it's titled Lessons from the Mouse, a guide for applying Disney World's secrets of success to your organization, your career, and your life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio talking with the amazing and extraordinary Andrea Michaels. 
about her extraordinary business called Extraordinary Events. And we were talking about overcoming some obstacles, and we talked about all different types of things, health issues, people not showing up when they're supposed to. But sometimes things are pretty big. It was a number of years ago, but 9-11 back in 2001 changed a lot of businesses, at least for the short term. I know my business is closely tied to yours because I was booked as a keynote speaker to attend many different meetings. And I remember 9-11 hit, and within two to three days, my calendar went from being pretty full to almost nothing. And uh, I changed my business model. What did you do in your industry? How did that affect you? Because that was a pretty big turn of events. It did affect us, but it also made me rethink how we wanted the business to be composed. And a couple things happened. We were very fortunate in that we did have some major clients that had huge events that said, we are not canceling. And this was even in October following September 11th. Right, a month later. That said, we are, yeah, we are not canceling. That's the wrong message. Uh, we really ramped up on security on all the contingency plans, all the disaster planning. Um, we rethought what the event would be like and how it would be composed. We had a few of those clients. That was a few. The majority pulled in and became very insulated. And so as a company, we thought, okay, rather than focusing on what people are not doing, we need to focus on what they can do. And a lot of that would be regional or local. And one of the beauties is the technology was beginning to develop to the point where you could do webcasts, where you could do meetings that would stay in local offices but could be broadcast to multiple offices where people didn't have to fly anywhere. And I think that became very important. I, I guess when I look at it, Shep, I think business really didn't stop because ultimately, if you don't have people selling stuff and people buying things, everything does stop. And it didn't. People still had to buy groceries, make car payments, pay their mortgages. And so, therefore, the very companies that we worked with had to do something. So what could we help them with? And that made us focus more on strategy. Right. So this Content. is the lesson. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. le you did exactly what I think everybody needs to hear. And, and again, you're listening to somebody talk about an events business. And I'm in a speaking business, and the same thing happened to me. We had clients that said, hey, we're going to cancel our events. And we had clients that said, we're not because that's, that's what the terrorists want us to do. They want us to be scared. Mm -hmm. They want us to stop. And eventually, business, and it took quite a while for them to have confidence. But you did what I did and what I think the most successful people in business do. It's like all of a sudden things weren't working the way they used to work, and you said, well, if they're not doing this anymore, what are they doing? Let's figure out how to make what we do work with what they're still doing or what they're changing, you know, their, their plans. And that's, that's what we did. Same as you. You said you went local and regional. Well, real, I realized if I can't do a keynote speech in a major resort that executives and salespeople are flying to, they're still going to have training uh, or some yep. type of event. It might be local. And I changed my business model, started hiring trainers to work with me. And it was really quite interesting. I think that, you know, the you know I, I used the term already once today, lemon uh, turns into lemonade. I think sometimes 
Something bad that happens in business gives you an opportunity to grow into something new. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I mean, at that time, we thought it's about feel-good experiences, not about being depressed. So we created a lot of large companies in their cafeterias or on their grounds, you know, just a family picnic instead of the incentive event that flew them to some Caribbean island. Not that I wanted to downplay that. That's still a great experience. But what could bond them? What could make them feel great? Patriotism was very important. So we would send a roller skating Statue of Liberty through the offices passing out cookies, and we did that gratis for our major customers. Mm -hmm. It was just... It was just for me to be able to say thank you, no expectation, just want everybody here to feel better. Wow. So we so, did a lot of that type of stuff. You got creative. And I know that in the meetings and events um, industry, you have a lot of creative people. And there are probably people listening to this show right now thinking, well, I'm not that creative. And by the way, if you're not that creative, I urge you, um, and I, I don't know the uh, the order of how all these episodes are, are coming out, but we just interviewed uh, Bill Donius, and Bill Donius uh, talked about the thought revolution. And basically, he says, I can take the most left-brain, logical, analytical person, and I can start to make them creative. And the way he does it, it's really cool. He takes the non-dominant hand. So if you write right-handed, you would pick up a pen in your left hand, and you would start to, to you would ask yourself whatever question you are trying to answer, but you write with your left hand instead of your right hand, and, and different thoughts come out as a result of the activation of that other side of your brain. Does that sound crazy? Let's try that. <laughs> but it works. It works. We oh. actually did it on the on the show. Uh, he put me through an exercise, and then when we got finished, I go, "We need to do more of this." And we spent another forty five minutes. You know, and I'm a pretty left brain and right brain combination guy. I'm mean, very creative. I also work. And there's some of. And I bet you're like that too. You sound like you're extraordinarily creative, and at the same time, you've built up a very successful business. And it takes both sides of your brain to do that, especially the kind of things you're talking about, the way you've overcome some of the obstacles, the way you've handled, you know, a headliner that doesn't show up, an illness that's taking care of you, uh, that's, that could have potentially brought you down, you managed to overcome. Uh, and when I say not overcome, not just by getting well again, but not letting it ruin what you've worked so hard to achieve. I mean, it's very impressive. Thank you. As I was talking to someone the other day, and they looked at me, and I wasn't sure where they were coming from, said, you just never do give up, do you? And I went, of course not. I mean, it was such a surprising comment that my reaction was, why would anyone want to give up? Yeah, why would we? I mean, you know, I mean, you eventually, if you're making a decision and something isn't working, you're smart enough to know when to walk away. That's not giving up. Um, no, that's making an informed decision. Yeah, exactly. It's giving up is is really saying, you know what, I'm I don't know if I have the strength to do this, and you just it, you're quitting, maybe at the most important time. All right, we're going to run out of time really soon. I want to bring this back to a little bit about customer service and uh, customer loyalty, if you will. Some of your clients you've had for over twenty five years, and this is a great business question. How do you keep clients for 25 years? What do you do? What's the secret sauce? Well, first of all, you always deliver up to expectation. And this whole exceed expectations 
yeah, I mean, of course, that is that shouldn't be something that's optional. You should always want to do that without referring to it. I think we also always deliver quite a bit more than what is promised. We try to bring value into everything that we do, and I think the customer service is part of it. We have become business friends with our clients. We understand their business, so when something happens within their business, we are as aware of it and sometimes even more so than they are because we keep ourselves educated on what's going on. So therefore, we're able to come up with creative ideas for them, how to enhance their product or even how to demonstrate more loyalty among their employees, whatever it is that they're trying to do with the particular function that we're working on. But it's traveling the journey with them and understanding what they need and then giving them even more of that and also being part of the strategic team. So we're not just a fulfillment company where someone calls and says, I'm having a dinner party, decorate 10 tables and give me a piano player. It's here's what we're trying to do. Let's talk about how to do it. Or if we have an idea, which is sort of where the company is now, we are proactively going to our clients and saying, we thought of a great sponsorship opportunity for you at a music festival that's coming up. We thought of some co-branding ideas where you and another company could actually, neither one of you has the money to do this great event alone, but what if we do it together, bringing together two and sometimes three companies? So it's thinking creatively and proactively on what's good for them, not what's good for us. So I can sum this up really easily, is you are not a vendor. And I encourage everybody, regardless of the business that they're in, to stop thinking of their clients as clients or customers and the customer, especially in the B2B world, if it's retail, obviously you've got a customer or a consumer. But if you would stop thinking of them as customers, clients, whatever, and start thinking of them as partners, partners. If I go, and you know, I'm, go ahead. I'm going to interrupt you on that one. I mm-hmm. do not think of them as partners. I think of us as team members. Big difference. Because when they're a partner, they still have to be respected as the client, to me. But if we are a team member as part of their working team, that means we operate in togetherness. Wow, that takes partner to another level, (laughs) which is outstanding. So, very different way of looking at it, but our way. Right, right. But I think that's a great way of looking at it, and I think that's what we need to do. And if you happen to be uh, working at a clothing store and a customer comes in and wants to buy a new pair of jeans, what are you doing to make that customer trust you? Uh, share with you, you know, uh, what they are going to buy next. And then you become their team member, if you will, by uh, calling up and say, hey, you know those jeans that you said that you were interested in getting? They're in now. Uh, And you create that relationship. That's what the best people at Nordstrom do or many other department stores. And guess what? The best people in business stop thinking of their customers or clients as just customers and clients. And in your case, you think of them as team members. Love it, love it, love it. Do you have an extra second? Because I had a wonderful customer service experience that I would love to share if you have time. That's a perfect way. We'll end on a super high note. I had uh, the reason to call Ariba because I didn't understand what I was doing 
with a project and the way my client wanted it. And I called Ariba, and this wonderful woman walked me through what I had to do. And I said, I'm really not understanding. Don't worry. I'm going to be, I will, I'm going to be here. I'm going to explain it. I'm going to make sure you're comfortable. And I was. And when we were done, is there anything else that I can help you with or is of concern to you? And let me make sure you have all my contact information. So whether it's an Ariba product or another technology product that you don't understand, just know I'm here for you anytime. And if you have to leave a message, I promise I will be back with you within a half hour. Wow. And I thought, it wasn't just, okay, thank you, did it, done, bye. It was the effort, comfortably, personably, to say, my job is to assist. That was customer service. I love it. I love it. Well, Andrea, this has been a great interview, and you've been an awesome guest. And actually, I should say, you know, I usually say this is amazing business radio, but maybe just for a moment, we're going to change it to extraordinary business radio in honor of you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, it's been an extraordinary experience, and I thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. You've been listening to, let's call it extraordinary business radio, formerly called Amazing Business Radio, soon to become, Uh again, Amazing Business Radio. My name's Shep Eichen, and I'm reminding you not just to always be amazing, but always be extraordinary. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.